Hello and welcome to It Came From 20,000 Podcasts. I'm Gus. I'm Caitlin. And we watched a movie. We did. I actually liked this movie. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It, what, mm-hmm. what movie did we watch? We watched Santo versus the Writers of Terror, as directed by Rene Cardona. Uh, this was actually the eighth in a series of 13 movies. And we ran into a bit of a problem with this one, didn't we? <laughs> what was it? What? What's the problem with this movie? I shouldn't say it's a problem. You know, know what I'm talking about? No, I okay. don't. I'm confused. I'm in the black. I'm confused. <laughs> okay, so this is supposed to be like a B uh, sci-fi. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was a B horror movie technically, but there was literally no sci-fi. Yeah. I, <laughs> I saw this movie a long time ago. I picked it up from Half Price Books a year or two ago. Mm-hmm. And it was like, oh, Riders of Terror. I bet they're like demons from hell or something riding on horses or motorcycles. I'm not going to lie. I thought it was the same thing. I didn't read the description. I don't always read the description of these movies before we watch them because I kind of want to try to go in a little blind. Yeah. So I did not realize this. But the thing is, in this 13-movie series, there's like Santo versus the witches where it's like Santo has to... Save his daughter from witches that want him to marry the devil. Him to marry the devil? Her <laughs> to marry the devil. Like, there's some real sci-fi fucking we, movies. We picked the least <laughs> We picked the sci-fi. one that's not at all sci-fi. But you know what? I don't mind because it's this podcast really is more about B-movies yeah. rather than them being horror sci-fi. Um, I just thought it was really funny that of all the movies we could have picked, this was the sci-fi movie. <laughs> I also didn't realize it was a Western. Uh-huh. Like a real Western-ass Western, not just... Oh, no. Like, we're, we're talking like full-on Western. <laughs> so that's... We're becoming a Western podcast at this point because half of the, the ones we've done so far have oh, been Westerns. Yeah, you're right. With this and God Monster. Yeah, you're right. We're only on episode four. <laughs> yeah. All right, so what did you know about... I'm going to ask you two things. What did you know about this movie beforehand... Nothing. We've already established this. And what did you know about El Santo before? Okay, so let's do a little education about El Santo. You know more about him than I do, by a lot. But El Santo was a Mexican like wrestler, a luchador, that was bigger than God. Yeah. <laughs> um, I actually did a paper about lucha wrestling, lucha libre, for one of my classes a few years ago. And a big portion of that focused on El Santo. And the comparison I kept seeing for everyone is, like, you can't compare El Santo in, like, American culture to, you know, The Rock or Steve Austin. You can't compare him to a wrestler. You have to compare him to Superman. He is Um, the Mexican Superman. He is such a huge pop culture icon. He's like Elvis Presley of Mexico. Like, this guy formed Mexican culture in so many ways and made Lucha Libre what it is now, as well as film. And TV. It was in over 50 movies. There was a comic series they were in for like 30 years. And the thing about these films is he did them all masked. Because in Lucha Libre, you're supposed to wear your mask to be the wrestler. It gives you your identity. And you're not seen without your mask Mm -hmm. to protect your non-wrestling identity. You become the wrestler when you don the mask. And... So in all these films, he still wore his silver mask. He was still playing Santo. Yes. He wasn't 
playing another character. He was Santo in all of them. He was still a wrestler. Yeah, they even but in this was... movie say like, oh, he's Santo. He's a famous wrestler. Yeah. Uh, because he was. <laughs> and he he never took his mask off. He took his mask off. I'm going to count trick myself. He took his mask off once in an interview when he was in his 70s or so. Oh, uh, he was 66. 66. A week later, he died. Yes. I, I looked this up. Uh, he did. He had, I believe, a heart attack at the age of 66, and he had unmasked himself for the first time in a television interview the week before. Yeah. It was like he knew. It was crazy. He was buried in his mask. He was. There are statues all around Mexico of him. Like, I have his Wikipedia open because I was kind of reading a little bit about him beforehand. And this guy was, like I said, the only way to describe him is like Elvis Presley meets Superman meets Batman. Yeah, he's just fucking huge. Any star in the world you can think of, like, in American culture today... No, he's bigger than that. He's he's literally bigger in his, than in them. his prime. He was bigger than that. Yeah, yeah, it's it's crazy. Like he had ten children too. By the way, I'm, I still have Shit, really? Yeah, I have his Wikipedia <laughs> article still open, and it, it said that. But yeah, no, like because in Mexico we talk about wrestling here, and you think what do you think of? You think of like the WWE. You think of John Cena. You think of Take Your Vitamins. Whatever. Yeah, Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan. Steve Austin. Uh, this is coming from two huge wrestling fans, by the way. Like yep. we. <laughs> We go to indie shows, like, we know, like, we watch New Japan, we watch WWE, I watch New Japan, I don't know about you as much. It's Hell in a Cell tonight. It is Hell in a Cell tonight. Heck in a room. Heck in a room uh, is tonight. I'm not sure how excited I am, but hey, whatever, it's fine. We watch (laughs) Roman Reigns beat down uh, Rey Mysterio. Thank you. But in Mexico, wrestling is like a way of life. It is ingrained everywhere. Literally, Mm -hmm. you can be in traffic and see a wrestling performance in traffic where you're supposed to like tip the wrestlers for entertaining you at the red yeah. lights. I forgot about that. that was in that um, David Arquette documentary. That was in the David Arquette documentary. I looked into it more. That yeah. that's a real thing in some places. Like wrestling in Mexico, it's your life. Yeah. It is a way of life. Um, Lucha is a huge thing down there. It's, it's bigger than wrestling ever was in this. Day. Even like peak Attitude Era, mm-hmm. when like everyone on the schoolyard playground was crotch chopping and giving each other stunners and stuff. Right. That was... That was about the closest you got to as popular as wrestling is... is In Mexico. Mexico. It's... It really is insane. an integral part of their culture. Yes. And it's crazy that a lot of people in the United States don't know much about lucha wrestling, even as fans, because it doesn't travel up northward as much, except for in, like, maybe Arizona and Texas. The most we would get, like, if we didn't go looking for... Lucha stuff would be like Rey Mysterio, um, or Pentagon, yeah, Pentagon, uh, Ray, Ray Phoenix. Phoenix. Those are all like those are the three Lucha big Lucha doors yeah. in the United States right now. But you've got other people too now that are yeah, that are really coming out. The Lucha House Party. There was Sin Cara. Right. I mean, Prince Puma. Yeah. Oh yeah, he was. Yeah. Uh-huh. Before he became Ricochet. Yeah. Yeah. And Lucha Underground was one of the big ones. <laughs> anyway, let's get off of. Uh, yeah, we yeah. could talk about wrestling. Yep. For a very, very long time. We talk about it for hours at home. Yeah. So I will say, even when I wrote this paper for class, and a big portion of it was about El Santo, I never watched a movie for it. I just read articles and watched a few videos mm-hmm. and carried on from that. He was more just some, some backdressing for it. And my professor grew up watching those movies. And yeah. She gave me an A on that paper. Yeah. She said <laughs> she, uh, she loved El Santo. She grew up, like, everyone grew up watching El Santo movies in Mexico. Like, yeah. insane. All right, well, 
I think uh, it's time we head into this. So we were watching a 2003 re-release on DVD. Yes, this movie came out in 1970. I looked it up. Yeah. Like I said, directed by Ray Cardona. Renee Cardona, not Ray Cardona. That's, whoo. In relation to one. Matt Cardona. Not that I'm aware of, but maybe. You know it. Okay. I don't know if he still does that. <laughs> I, he probably doesn't. He's feuding with freaking Nick Gage now. <laughs> okay. Sorry, we're getting on. <laughs> you got topic back. We didn't even the, get to the opening credits. <laughs> we haven't even gotten to the logo stinger, which was weird, by the way. So um, <laughs> it's released by Rise Above Entertainment, which had the weirdest logo stinger. Yeah. Did you notice that? It was like the foot of Lady Liberty, the episode of the Empire State Building, which is why <laughs> I Lady Liberty, because I couldn't think of the Statue of Liberty. Um, it's like her foot with, like, money floating around it, and then it turns into the Rise Above Entertainment I, logo. It was real weird, and I had to write it down. I didn't catch that, no. Yeah, it was real weird. <laughs> I, I just wrote it down because I thought it was so strange. But... Um, so, this is a Western movie. We're mm-hmm. talking, it opens with, like, Western music over matte paintings of, like, stereotypical Western, like, yeah. people on the prairie, people riding horses. Cowboys. Cowboys. Yeah. Like, you know. It, if you look this movie up, it tells you it's a Mexican Western horror film. Yeah. I don't know how it's a horror film, but it be. Well, we can, uh... After the credits, we kind of see where I think the horror quality kind of lies a little. But hang on, though, because there, there is one credit that I noticed oh, yeah. <laughs> that I had to, like, bring up because I thought I read it wrong. So there's, like, this kind of ominous Western music playing. It sets the tone pretty well of, like, spooky Western. Yeah. Also, but then I – well, go ahead. All these credits are in Spanish. The movie's in Spanish. We were just watching it with English subtitles. But yeah, yeah. the opening credits are still in Spanish. Right, yeah. This whole thing is in Spanish, so if we missed something – Whoops, that's on our fault because we're trying to take notes and yeah. read captions. We had to pause multiple times because I was like, wait, hang on, what happened here? But in English letters in brackets, there's just Frankenstein. <laughs> and I was like, oh my God, are we about to get some Frankenstein in these fucking movies? But then I realized that there is actually a movie where Santo fights Frankenstein. I find that one. And I'm wondering if maybe they used the same credits for all of them? Maybe. I don't know. It was really weird, but I got really excited. But no, Frankenstein does not show up in this movie. Spoiler, but, sorry. <laughs> sorry. I just really had to bring up the fact yeah. that the credits said Frankenstein. The one thing I could think of was maybe they were combining multiple crews into like a Frankenstein of a crew. But that's, <laughs> that seems like a... That'd be really weird. That does not seem like the term you'd use in the opening credits. I just had to bring up the fact that Frankenstein was listed, <laughs> but there was no Frankenstein. All right. So, yeah. Um, oh, by the <laughs> way, these matte paintings, these stereotypical Western matte paintings, I want every single one of them <laughs> hanging in my new house. We're getting a house. Yeah. And I, I have this thing that I call weird cowboy energy. <laughs> <laughs> where I go into like thrift stores or antique malls and I look for things that I call weird cowboy energy, which is just really weird cowboy stuff. <laughs> and I buy it and I bring it home and I swear to God, I found some weird things. Like, we'll, yeah, we'll take a photo of my We'll post thing. some of these on our Twitter and Instagram. <laughs> our Twitter handle has also changed. It is now, it came from 20K. Mm-hmm. Uh, pods wouldn't fit on the end, but... It's all in the description. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I just had to tell y'all about weird cowboy energy uh, and my love of westerns and cowboys. 
I'm from the Midwest. There's no reason for this. I ain't Southern. Anyway, we're actually going to start the movie now. All right, so we start the movie, and we're at, um, oh, what was this place? We're at a sanatorium. Yeah. We'll just call it the sanatorium because I'm not going to try to pronounce. San Lazaro. Yeah, probably San Lazaro, but I, I don't know. I failed Spanish twice. Mm, so. It's fine. <laughs> I'm, I'm assuming. Either way, we'll call it the sanatorium. Yeah. Um, they kept calling it a leprosium in the uh, captions, but no, it, it would be called a sanatorium. So, some guys escape. They get on horses, run away. They shoot a cop. They shoot a cop, yeah. <laughs> and we find out at the sheriff's office that those six people that escaped were lepers. Yes, they have leprosy, uh, which would have been incurable at the time. It's a terrible disease where your body parts basically, like, rot away. Yeah. It's incredibly disgusting. Um, very contagious. Yeah, and this is the only part I could really think of as being the horror aspect was, you know, an infectious disease. Yeah, and the fact that it could spread to the town, which is what they're worried about this whole people, and and this whole time. Anyway, so Sheriff Dario, Mm -hmm. he's our hero, well, he's one of our two heroes, uh, is worried that the townspeople are going to kill the lepers in fear, because again, leprosy is so contagious. Yep. And it is like a stigma leprosy. Like, oh, they're dirty, yeah. you know, that whole thing. And we, yeah, go ahead. We do get a montage of the lepers going around, just taking, breaking into places and taking things because they, you know, they need clothes, they need food. They're taking things to survive. They don't want to hurt people. Right. And they're clearly kind of scared because yeah. they've broken out of the sanatorium. They just want to be free, honestly. Yeah. They don't steal more than they need. And even after that, they stop stealing. Yeah. Um, and they, they go to a barn where there's a guy, the only way I could was lazily throwing some hay. He had a pitchfork and he was in just like a pile of hay Throwing the hay back onto itself. It didn't look like he was doing anything. And then when he ran away from the lepers, he ran away up some stairs to nowhere. He ran away upstairs. Well, that's a pretty standard thing. That's why it's a horror movie. <laughs> oh, of course. The killer's in the house, run upstairs. I don't understand that. That's like my least, like, why? They're like cows. They can't go upstairs. <laughs> oh, of course. No, cows can't go downstairs. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, um... The, the town is scared, and they want the lepers gone for good, and they also want to move the sanatorium. They're like, why is it even here? Yeah. It shouldn't be near a town. Like, fuck off, lepers, basically. They're getting all riled up, rabble, rabble, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sheriff Dario comes in. He he starts talking to the folks. He also brings with him uh, Dr. Ramos. I forgot about Dr. Ramos. Yeah, who tells the town's folks, like, like these are still people. They're scared. They deserve our compassion. Right. They can't, leprosy can't be transmitted through the air. It can be transmitted through direct contact or if they touch something. Right. If they touch you or your saliva or something like. But you can't get it just by breathing. Right. But this is where we come up with the fact that if a leper gets into the town or it goes into a building, they're going to have to light it on fire. You have to burn it down, which was something they did do. This was. Also, a common thing for the Spanish flu, a lot of diseases, uh, you would have to burn everything that person touched. Yeah. That's actually a big plot point in my favorite children's book, The Velveteen Rabbit. What? What is that? What did I say? Anyway. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, so they, they, yeah, they show up. They're like, everybody go home. Go inside. If you're inside, you'll be safe. 
Um, Some people are like, no, we got to go after him. We're yeah. going to do it. So Dario decides, you know, like, you know what? Fuck it. If we're going to start up a posse, let's do it my way. I'll lead it. He rounds mm-hmm. up a group of people. He rounds up a, a, group, of, a group of guys because his whole thing is like, look, we're going to search for the lepers. We're going to take them back to the sanatorium. If you guys are going to form a gang, let's form a gang. And he gets a bunch of volunteers, including a guy named Caramino who is the guy that's, like, inciting panic yeah. among the people. And and Dario points him out. He's like, don't listen to that guy. He's just trying to freak you out. Yeah. He's trying to get you to do what he wants, not what I want. It feels like there may have been some history between these two beforehand. It's like, oh, great, Carmino's here. He's doing shit yeah. again. So they have to go down. They torch the barn and the house that the lepers were in the night before. They burn and ate a thatched roof cottage. They do. Um and, and then they go they, into the woods. Yep, they ride the into the woods and they start searching for the group. And this is also where we get the main method of scene transition in this oh, movie. Oh god. Yeah, okay. So every time we want to transition from a scene, it just goes like and then we have a tra- like a whip transition into the next scene, but sometimes it's like this rainbow. It- it's almost like you're looking through like Wiggle, a like kaleidoscope a, or a stained glass window that's really out of focus. Yeah. There's some weird like sci-fi harp music. I yeah. call it a harp transition, but it's like a whip pan from that, not from the actual shots. It's a whip pan through this kaleidoscope to the next shot, but they don't always use it. Sometimes yeah. it's just a whip pan from one scene to the other. But between Sometimes it's a fade, sometimes it's a hard cut. But between every single scene, they have a transition, not just like a hard cut. Not, it, it never makes sense. They didn't do it one time, and I was confused. <laughs> it's just, this sound is not scary. It <laughs> doesn't invoke a, a tonal shift or anything. It's just... It's just like some heart... <laughs> yeah, it's like some, like, heart music. That, I want to use it for, like, if we ever get ads or sponsors or have to do a break in the show, I want it to be the uh, the cut music. Like, oh, yeah. we're, here in the, we're in the ad break now. Oh, yeah, I like that. <laughs> Let's, let's do it. Okay. Uh, I also have in my notes here just E. <laughs> Don't know what that's about. Okay. So, so. Do, they go in there. Dr. Romanos is with them as well. Mm, yeah, Dr. Ramos. Uh, Ram- it's probably Dr. Ramos, but either yeah, way. Yeah, it's like, I, I messed, yeah, Ramos. <laughs> okay. So, they don't find them. Uh, also, this is where we get what I call the time crime of <laughs> this took forever. <laughs> them just riding around. They ride into a place and then literally it cuts to them riding out of the place. And there's like three or four of these harp transitions. Oh, yeah. Also. And the doctor's just hanging out with the horses, even though everyone else is still on horses. And we just keep cutting back to him in the woods by himself. I thought someone was going to attack him or something. Nothing. No, no, it's just supposed to be a montage of them searching. But it's filmed in the most confusing, drawn-out way I've ever and seen a no, montage. There's no music either. No, it took me it's like... just silence. It took me a good ten seconds to realize we were watching a montage of searching. Because it made no sense. <laughs> also, this is the quietest movie I have oh, yeah. ever seen. We're talking like, all right, it's time to fucking have some dialogue. It is so quiet. It sounds some dialogue, my child. Yeah, it sounds like the microphone, like they didn't have microphones, and that they were using the camera mics from ten feet away. And yeah, we had the volume up pretty high. We did, actually, because I couldn't hear shit. <laughs> thankfully, it was captioned. Yeah, thankfully, this movie was in Spanish, so we had captions on. 
But even if it hadn't been, we would have had to turn them on either way. So uh, this is where we learn Dario's name. And uh, Carmen, this is where we meet Carmen, the pretty Hispanic woman that is Dario's lover, girlfriend. Squeeze. Yeah, sure. Only squeeze, really. Yeah. And um, her dad's like, oh, I don't know about Dario. Uh, she's like, no, nah, he's fine. Like, he's a good guy. He's the sheriff. Come on, what yeah. dude wouldn't be, like, all about the sheriff? Come on. You know, he's handsome. He's, I guess. he's a pretty good-looking dude. Yeah, he's, he's like, traditionally handsome. Yeah. Um, He's like, be careful, Carmen, whatever. And she goes out to say goodbye to Dario for some reason. I guess he's leaving. <laughs> I thought it was, like, a transition. Like, they are coming back from a date or something. I don't know if he was just outside. I don't know. Well, she's wearing, like, a dress before that then they go out so they pan outside and she's wearing a robe now yeah like a pink robe with flowers on it that i thought had bunnies on it <laughs> <laughs> it took me a hot minute to realize it was flowers and it's like bright ass pink so it makes no sense because they weren't in town they were out of town so maybe they're going to search for the lepers again time does this weird thing in this movie where it just jumps and you have no idea how much time has passed. There's also a problem that we'll see here in this next scene of whenever they do night shots, you know, like in um, oh, other movies, yeah. like when we watched God Monster Vidian Flash, you could still tell when things were night because they put a blue filter over everything. This movie is in color. Yeah. And you know, it, it wasn't convincing, but you could tell when it was night. It was so hard to tell if things were at night or not. I could not, I genuinely could not tell you when it was night, the other problem would be it would go from day to night to day to night to day to night. Like, yeah. it, you couldn't, it was clearly supposed to be nighttime, but it would be a daytime shot, and then it would go back to a nighttime shot. There and are, the, the lighting was wild. There some, are, yeah. Not just the lighting, but the camera exposure. There are exposure changes all over this movie. There's a fight scene later on where exposure changes three or four times in the fight scene. Yeah, like, literally... It's not like it cuts away and then it cuts back and the explosion is different. No, like, you are literally watching the fight scene and you see it change. Yeah. It's weird. Um, something tells me, I mean, this movie was made in Mexico. It obviously was very low budget. Um, something tells me that's just what they had to work with. It, yeah. it felt like they had to shoot during the daytime because they probably didn't have lights. Yeah. Um, but anyway... She goes out, she's like, oh, man, I, I love you, Dario. And he's like, yeah, love you, too. Be careful. Lock the windows. Yeah. Specifically lock the windows, unlike in Attack of the Shrews. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off windows. Um, so she goes back in, and she's kind of, like, walking around the house, you know, like you do in her sick pink robe. And there is a dude in the kitchen. Kitchen? Uh, I thought it was like a study, like an uh, office. Oh, uh, maybe. Either way, he's looking around, and she's like, ah, she screams. He's trying to break into their safe. Yeah, he's breaking in, and uh, he screams. Her dad, who was reading a book in bed, grabs a lamp in the brightest room of all time. That's exactly what I'm talking about with the lighting <laughs> problems. I didn't know it was supposed to be night. Yeah, I had a feeling it was just because he's laying in bed reading a book, and she's wearing like a yeah. night robe that... I want that night robe. It was like hot pink with flowers. It was fucking, she, she was stunting. <laughs> but yeah, Carmen sees this guy, she shrieks, and then falls over. Yeah, she just like passes out for some reason, because woman. Um, this is also like the only thing I can think of that's sexist in this movie. <laughs> yeah. There really wasn't any. Dang. Um, so her dad, 
He gets up. Grabs the lamp, looks around. around. Then he goes back to the bedroom to grab his gun. Why would you grab that in the first place? Yeah, why wouldn't you grab your gun and your lamp? So he comes out, looks for anything, can't find the bandit because the bandit's hiding. Yeah, and he looks down. He sees Cameron, Cameron, (laughs) Carmen on the floor. By the way, she she has she's in the nineteen like sixties pose of like when you're laying down and your arms are above your head. Yeah, and you're like. Oh, I'm definitely sleeping. You know the pose, girls. You know yeah. what, what I'm talking about in the movies. And then her dad gets shot in the back. <laughs> her dad gets shot in the back. He he dies, I guess. He, he did. Yep. The bandit rides off. We have the transition again. <laughs> and we don't know how much time has passed because <laughs> Dario and Carmen are out in the desert and she's wearing her mourning clothes. She's wearing all black, yeah. which she does wear through the rest of the movie. Yeah. Which I can commend because that would be true. Um, I also thought, uh, I have in my notes here, is like, did Carmen die? Cut to Hill. It's Carmen and Dario. Oh, she didn't die. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think she was dead. I thought she just passed out. Like, she fainted. I wasn't sure if they if she got shot and they just forgot to put the gun sound effect in. <laughs> I would love the fact that she was in, like, half a goddamn seat and then got shot and died. Oh, dad was. Yeah, but she was, like, actually introduced. She was like, I love you, Dario. That'd be amazing. Anyway, um, so we're not sure how much time passes. We don't know why they're out in the middle of the desert, but uh, they start talking, and they're they're talking about, like, I love you. We're going to build a life together, how scared she is. Just talking about, like, how much they love each other, basically. Like, that's this whole conversation. And Carmen thinks that the bandit was a leper. Dario says he doesn't know, but it doesn't matter if they're a leper or not. They're going to be brought down by the law. Right. Uh, The whole thing sets up that the town thinks that the lepers are breaking into places, but the sheriff is like, I don't know. (laughs) So it turns out in the next scene, because we get that sweet transition again, uh, it wasn't the lepers. It was the volunteers from town. It was the posse. It was the posse led by Carmino. And these guys, even though it's never said in the movie, I'm just going out and saying that these guys are the riders of terror. Yeah, I'm assuming they are too. Uh, and they want to get rich by robbing people. And their whole idea is if there's a bunch of lepers out there, we can use them as an excuse. People will think they're robbing people because they've already done it once before. Mm-hmm. We can get away scot-free. They'll have to burn the houses down and get rid of all the evidence. Yep. So, you know, we'll we'll just keep doing our thing and we'll get real rich in right away. Uh, they then, for whatever reason, know where the lepers are. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't get why they knew. Okay, I'm not crazy. They really just were like, we have to go to Devil's Cave. And then show up at the most soundstage-looking soundstage I've ever seen. God, that's it. <laughs> See the wall behind the rock. Yeah, yeah. It, it was like a cave uh, set, but you could clearly tell it was like styrofoam, like yeah. polystyrene. That was painted, and you could see the wall behind it that was like painted blue or whatever. Yeah. Um, and they, they go in, and they're like, ah, oh, the lepers are in the cave. I don't know why they knew this. Yep. But they did. And they strike the lepers a deal. They're like, hey, you know what, y'all? Life sucks. Okay? We know this. You're lepers. <laughs> you know this more than everybody. Yep. So you want to be free. We want to be free. We want to be rich. Here's what we do. We'll give you half of everything we take if you let us hide it here and one of you comes with us. Mm-hmm. Well, I, and you're like, why does one of them have to come with them? 
okay, whatever. And they sneak out of the cave. The lepers are like, yeah, sure, okay. And he's like, why are you going to give them all our money? And he's like, I'm not. I'm going to kill them. Yep. They also asked the lepers, why did you escape from uh, uh, the, the word you said? Sanatorium. Sanatorium, yes. I want to say sanitarium. <laughs> no. Um, and the head leper, who we do later find out his, his name, name is. His name is Jose. Jose. So we'll call him Jose from here yeah. on out. Uh, Jose says that it was like being buried alive. You can't call this living. Yeah. So it really sets up that the lepers are just miserable people that just want to be able to breathe it, like breathe fresh air and not be well, persecuted. Well, sanatoriums were horrible places. Mm-hmm. A lot of the time you were treated as a prisoner. You were locked away. You didn't get fresh air. You got nothing. Yeah. Your, your life was miserable. I could go way into it, but I'm not going to because I think it's a fascinating topic. Um, so yeah, their whole thing is that they just want to be free. And Caramino's like, I can use them. Like I can use these people Yep. because they're going to die anyway. Right. Like they're sick, whatever. So yeah, once, once they have all the money that they can leave, they're going to kill the lepers. Uh Oh, so then we cut back to the town and Dario's talking to Carmen and he's like, okay. I have someone that can help us. I know a guy. I know a guy. He fights for justice. He fights for the people that need him. He's uh, the man in the silver mask. Batman. Santo. Yep. The first mention of Santo. <laughs> yep. This is our first mention of Santo. By the way, in this 13 series, he's a superhero. Yeah. Like, actually a superhero. So we cut to a wrestling ring in another town, and there's this... Basically like a snake oil salesman kind of guy. He's like, who will challenge my wrestler, Toro? Face them. Yeah, El Toro. The whole idea is that for 100 pesos, you can try to fight El Toro, who is sick, by the way, according to our caller. But if you win, there's some contention here. Uh, You can win 1,000 pesos, but then it becomes 10,000 pesos because the captions of this movie are sometimes bullshit and change information. So we're going to say 10,000 pesos. So. Basically, no one's ever supposed to be El Toro. You're just supposed to give them their money. No one wins. Yeah. These... But the 10,000 pesos do exist. They do have them. Yeah. He's got a bag full of money. But nobody ever wins. So, you know, it's it's a grift, yeah. honestly. Um, and this mat, this wrestling ring, is literally a mat on the ground with some very loose ropes around it. Very slack. Like this... Obviously, this probably was what wrestling mats were at the time, especially in Mexico, where you mm-hmm. had no money. Again, we could get into re- wrestling talk again. Oh, no, we're about to get into wrestling talk again. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so no one can beat El Toro. And Santo comes out, and he turns. He doesn't even come out. He's, <laughs> He's just, just, just hard cut to Santo talking to three nuns. Uh, nuns are a big thing in movies in Mexico, especially in the West. Like, there's always nuns. I just... And... I get that. It was just such... I thought it would be revealed in a more dramatic way. No, he's just talking to some nuns, and he's like, I'll fight El Toro and win the 10,000 pesos for the orphans. Yeah. Like, I'll donate it to the, the nuns. Because we have to show how good of a guy Santo really is. So he has to... Win the 10,000 pesos to give to the nuns for the orphans. Like, when he leaves later, he's like, say goodbye to the orphans for me because we have to make this guy. I mean, he's called the saint for a reason. Like, El Santo, the saint. 
Uh, we have to make him the world's greatest human being. So everything he does that's a good deed is always like six steps above what yeah. it needs to be. It's amazing. So Santos challenges Toro, mm-hmm. gets in the ring. Well, his whole thing, he even says, at worst, I lose 100 pesos. At best, yep. I win 10,000 pesos for the orphans. Yep. And then he gets into the ring. And, and they, <laughs> they start having a wrestling match. Oh, they have, like, a real hes- wrestling match. Like, El Santo does, like, four head scissors he's for doing some like reason. head scissors. He's actually taking wrestling bumps. Like, he's selling. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, the other guy, like, there are two guys that got in the ring before, and El Toro just beat the shit out of them, and they just kind of, like, stumble back and around. Like Oh, that was, that took way too long, by the way. Oh, yeah. It, like, it, it was, all these fight scenes take, like, two minutes longer than they need to. And I do mean two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> Not 30 seconds. But, like, these guys, they're just, like, you know, they're extras. They're fumbling around. Santo is full-on giving it wrestling bumps because he is a professional wrestler. And he comes out. He takes his shirt off or whatever. Was he wearing a shirt? I don't think he was. He was. By the way, he's in his ring gear. He's in all of these movies. He's always wearing his actual ring gear that he wears in rings. So he's wearing, like, the white pants, the silver boots, his yep. silver mask. And he fights El Toro. And, like, a real legitimate wrestling match and these nuns were so excited to watch a guy hurt another guy they're literally like kill him santo i'm so sorry god <laughs> like that toro is ready for dinner cut his ears and tail off yeah like these nuns are so excited literally one screams kill him oh my god forgive me <laughs> like it's the nun yelling kill him. and she's like giving the sign of the cross and then praying after she yells it it was so actually funny. What I also like is the way that, you know, for lack of a better term, this match was booked mm-hmm. in wrestling because, you know, Toro was just coming through. He's just breaking these guys left and right. Mm-hmm. And Santo comes in. He doesn't just clean him up right away. You know, Toro is beating him down for a bit. Then he has the triumphant baby face fire up and he comes back. and That happens in a lot of wrestling where yeah. the heel or the bad guy uh, – like, beats up the face, or the good guy, or in this case, baby face, which means, like, the best good guy of all time, yeah. basically. Uh, like, they beat him down for a while, and then the face will get up, and then they'll beat the bad guy. Like, that's a that's a trope in yep. wrestling. And He's, uh, like, body slamming Toro, and Toro's just no-selling it. He keeps getting back up. So how did, how did Santo win? Uh, Santo wins. He... Throws him in the corner a few times. Another body slam. Then he goes to the top rope and hits a freaking swanton bomb. Like fucking wanna, Jeff Hardy. You might want to explain what a swanton bomb is. Look up Jeff Hardy. Okay. <laughs> we can probably post yeah. so, like so a basically, gift or something. He does a forward somersault mm-hmm. and lands on his back on top of Toro and wins. There's also no referee. There's no like three count. He just gets up and Toro No, there it. was a three count. because oh, he Yeah, because he, he beats Toro down. He puts his foot onto Toro's chest, and you hear a one, two, three. Okay, I missed that. Yeah, you do actually get a one, two, three as Santo pins the guy by putting his foot on his chest, which is a way you can pin a guy. Yeah, as long as some part of you is covering them and both their shoulders are on the mat. Yep, that's all. That's that's the only thing. So The exposure also kept changing during this fight. Yes, this was where we mentioned the exposure, where literally it changed like, in the middle of the ring. Yeah. <laughs> it was horrible. And I'm assuming it was because they were filming in the daytime. You got to deal with cloud coverage. And you got to deal stuff. with cloud coverage. And they don't have lighting, I'm assuming, because this is a very low production. Like, yeah. you can tell that it is. But it doesn't look bad. 
I actually didn't mention this before, but the leper's makeup, actually pretty good. Yeah. Um, they did really good job for the low-budget prosthetics they had. Um, so, yeah, Santo gives the money to the nuns. Like, the guy's like, you're not really going to take the 10,000 pesos, are you? And he's like, fuck yeah, I am. Grabs the money from the... <laughs> the... the- Snake oil guy. Sure. That's all I can think of. The, um, swindler. Swindler, that's a good word. And he uh, he gives it to the nuns. He's like, say hi to the orphans for me. As a guy comes running like, Santo, you have to go to the sheriff's office. You're needed in another town. You have to go to Santa Fe. Yeah, and he's like, okay. And and then, then he leaves. Yep. <laughs> like, like He doesn't question anything. He's just like, all right, got it. And then he's gone. Also, the crowd cheering during, um, after the fight. Mm-hmm. Like, when he goes and talks to the swindler, the crowd just immediately stops. Takes some money. Crowd immediately starts again. Goes over to the nuns. Crowd immediately stops. It stops anytime they're going to talk. Because, yeah. again, they probably didn't have microphones. It was probably, like, the camera mics they had. That's why it's so quiet. But it, you know what? It kind of added some charm to the whole yeah. thing. Like, charm oh, is a good way to describe this movie. I actually really liked this movie. There was something endearing about it that, like, you can't help but love. Yeah. I think it definitely helps over wrestling fans. Yeah. But I, my whole thing, I love that kind of stuff, though, where it's like, oh, man, I actually really love this. Anyway, yeah. I'm, I'm a huge Godzilla fan, and those are all charm. Yeah. So we um, cut back to Santa Fe, which is the main town where that's all is. Uh, no, the main town is, is it Santa Fe? I thought it was just like a tiny town, and yeah, that Santa Fe is the closest, because I thought it was like La Benzos. That was the name of the... Um, Sanatorium. No, that was La, Le- uh, La Leperosos. Okay, well, he said something about Santa Fe there, so maybe I misread it. I, I'm guessing that he had to go to Santa Fe because that's the closest place, because okay. I'm pretty sure the actual town was named, like, Los Banos or something okay. like that. Or Los Banos, Los Bansos, something like that. Again, the captions are not always the greatest, and they do kind of change the spelling at times. And we were trying to take notes while reading captions. There's that one point where it's supposed to say them, and it says hem. <laughs> like, oh, I missed that. Yeah. Um, but no, he goes to Santa Fe, but they're not in the town of Santa Fe, because this if this was set in... Um, if, if this was set in that time period, Santa Fe still would have been much larger than that. Mm-hmm. So my And he also talks to Santo later and tells him... We're very secluded out here. The closest city is Santa Fe. Okay. I'm pretty sure he says that. He does say they're very secluded. I just assumed it was another Santa Fe, like how there's multiple Springfields and stuff. No, I think Santa Fe is just the closest okay. town. So, yeah, anyway. Uh, Car- uh, Caramino is getting the town to turn against Dario to get what he wants. Getting all riled up. He's getting the town riled up, which he does a lot, by the way. Like, the how many times... This man has to be like, calm your tits there down. There are so many times in this movie where we transition back to the town, just a group of people in the town like, we should kill them. We should kill everyone. Like, Carmino's like, don't worry. Or Carmino's like, is planning something. Clearly, Dario knows this. He doesn't know what he's planning. He even says, I don't know what you're planning, but if you hurt these people, I will kill you. Yeah. Like, if you get this town all riled up, I'll put you down myself, boy. <laughs> Dario says, you don't shut up. I'm going to shoot you. Mm-hmm. Carmino says, that'd be murder. I'm unarmed. I don't care. And then they're like, okay, let's see what he has to say. Well, because he keeps inciting panic. Yeah. That's very illegal. Especially in this time where you have lepers wandering the fucking desert that people want to kill, and then you're inciting a panic, like... Hell yeah, you're going to want to put that down. So Dario tells the town that they haven't had any luck finding the lepers. 
but Santo is coming. Also, during this speech, there's a goat just baying in the background. <laughs> Wait, he's what? There's a goat just in the background. <laughs> oh, I yeah, there is, isn't there? It's really loud. <laughs> Well, the rest of it's really quiet, so I'm assuming that goat had to be standing near the camera. Yeah. Um, but he's they're like, Santo is coming. And then there's like, oh, Santo. Like, Santo. <laughs> like, that's clearly what they were going for. Like, you're supposed to hang on the fact that he's coming. Yeah. Then we cut to Santo riding a white horse. Dramatic music playing as he rides down the hill wearing his wrestling gear and a denim jacket with a collar popped up. <laughs> I thought he was riding into the town, and then he just comes down the path, and he's just talking to the sheriff. I was like, oh, I thought there would be more people here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's wearing, like, a blue shirt, his white wrestling pants, his boots, and his mask, and he's got that collar popped like a jock. The whole film, by the way, this collar never goes down. He was looking fly. Yeah. <laughs> um, but the... I laughed so hard, like, I laughed when he first showed up because the visual of him riding this horse across the desert, like, over a rock was so funny to me. We had to pause so I wouldn't miss the captions of the movie because it looks ridiculous. But at the same time, I'm sure in Mexico you're like, there he is. Like, that wouldn't be funny. But to me it was so So Santo speaks with Dario. Dario lets him know what's going up with the lepers, all this. Santo's like, yeah, I'm in. Let's do it. So they get on their horses and ride off in complete silence. (laughs) Yep. He's like, Carmina wants to kill the lepers. We're trying to save the lepers. And he's just like, got it. (laughs) They go in town. He meets up with uh, Dr. Ramos and Carmen. Mm -hmm. Dr. Ramos tells him, like, infection's our biggest concern. Then, you know, murder. People are Right. They Ramos really is more worried about the fact that these people could be infected. There isn't a cure for leprosy at this point in time. At this point in time. Yep, okay. <laughs> um, and that they can't have the town in a panic because if the town panics, there's not going to be a way to stop them. Like, Yeah. Oh, excuse me. I burped. I drank too much coffee too, too quickly. Whew. Okay. Um, and Santo is like, this isn't going to be easy. But we need to find a solution. It's clear that these lepers are stealing out of fear, and they have nothing to do with any of this. Clearly nothing to do with it. Yeah. Like, like Santo knows what's up. Like, he shows up, he strides into town, and he's like, I got it. I know what's up. Immediately, he knows what's up. He's got a plan. Yeah. He's down to clown. It's kind of amazing. So. Okay, I fucked up my note here horribly. What'd you put? Well, I was supposed, I wanted to write Santo... Santo wants to save the town and the lepers. Yeah. You know, the lepers are still people. He wants yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, instead, I wrote, Santo wants to save the town and the wrestler. <laughs> so Carmen asks the question that I'm sure is asked in, like, every Santo movie. She's like, hey, Santo, why do you wear a mask? And Dario is like, how dare you ask this man? Don't worry, Santo. I'll explain it. Uh, Santo is a great wrestler that fights for justice and the good of the people that need him. Yep. Uh, but if as he knew a, his face, he wouldn't be able to help. Right. As a luchador, he has to keep his identity secret. So if he was unmasked, he wouldn't be able to help people anymore. Yep. And Santo wants to help the lepers because they're innocent, sick people. Yeah. Which in what I'm assuming is the turn of the century at the latest 1915. I do have a reason for that. Um, people would not have thought they would have been like the lepers are sinners and horrible because you got leprosy from sin basically. Um, or at least that was like 
ancient belief. Yeah. So, Santo, very progressive thinking here. Dr. Ramos as well. Oh, all of them, really. Yeah. Um, especially for four. being in a sanitarium, which they would have been like, fuck all of you, you're in a sanitarium. Yeah. They're uh, very progressive, very 1970s thinking here. So, <laughs> we cut. We cut again. I think, did we whip pan this time, or was this a hard cut? I, don't uh, know. I just had a cut here. Okay, so it cuts here to a drunk man that wanders into the town saloon, and he's like, if I see these lepers, I'll kill them. And the bartender's like, no, you won't. Like, he he clearly knows this man is drunk. Like, yeah. this dude is he's all talk. He's stumbling, he's slurring. Well, it's also that this dude is probably all talk. Like, he's probably yeah. said shit like this before. I caught me a fish that was this big. Right. Like, he's probably one of those types of dudes. And he just kind of, like, sighs and pours him a drink, yeah. which, don't pour a drunk man a drink, but all right. Yeah, money's money. Yeah. <laughs> At this point, yeah. So, all of a sudden, the door swings open, and we have the funniest scene in this movie. Is this the funniest? Yeah, I think so. Um, next to him showing up on his horse. So Carmina shows up. He opens the door. And the first person that walks in is not him. It's a leper. Mm-hmm. He brought a one leper with him to stand in the saloon so that way, uh-oh, a leper was here. We can burn the place down. Yep, and also... The rest of the riders, they all their faces covered. They don't know if the rest of them are lepers either. Right. They don't want anyone to touch them. If there's one leper, they're all like eight or nine of these guys could be. Right. They don't know. But immediately, this woman starts screaming. There is pure panic, pandemonium. <laughs> We're talking, I kid you not, me, like cowboys jumping out of a window. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> like, I kid you not, a dude jumps out a window followed by another dude jumping out the same window. Which, by the way, if you looked out that window, you could tell just led to a sound stage. Yeah. There was, like, a white wall behind it. There's a woman sitting at a table. She's not moving. She's just sitting there shrieking and screaming. And Carmina just comes and over and just smacks, smacks her, her in the head with his gun. And she just passes out. <laughs> like, okay. And then they shoot the drunk man. Yeah, they shoot the drunk man because the drunk man's like, uh, oh no, and he's standing there. And the thing is, they don't know if he knows who they are. Like, yep. they kill a lot of people just for like keeping this a secret. Yeah, so they shoot the drunk man. Everyone has either fled or is passed out because they got hit in the head with a gun. <laughs> yep. Or fell out a window. Yep. And they start robbing the place. They start robbing the place. And um, then we have the goddamn quickest harp transition. It's like, <laughs> and then we're back in Devil's Cave. They're back in Devil's Cave. Because they're sta- they told them that they would stash the loot in Devil's Cave, and yeah. the lepers that would stay behind would keep it safe because they'd be there. Yeah. I mean, why not? Um, so he brings them a bunch of... He's like, I brought you food, wine, and money. He keeps really harping on the wine and the money. Yeah. Like, he's like, Dinero, you need money to be free. You need money. Take the money. Like, he throws a gold ring in a guy and tells him to put it on, like... He's really harping on these guys that they need money, like, for some reason. Also, the guy that put the ring on, like, he puts it on and looks up dramatically at Carmino, but half his face is off screen. <laughs> yeah, I did notice that. Um, There's a few points in this movie like that. I feel like maybe this movie was actually in a widescreen aspect ratio, but originally, um, but the version we watched was in 4 by 3 Maybe. I don't know. It would have 1970, I don't know that it would have been widescreen. I'm wondering if maybe... um. Like when it was theatrically released. Oh, maybe. It could be that it cropped for the DVD. Yeah. But yeah man, I, there's a point later on that's really fucking funny. <laughs> oh, okay. I think I know which one you're talking about. I may have also not noticed. Yeah. We'll get there. So 
Santo goes to talk to Dr. Ramos, and he's like, so I want you to tell me everything you can about leprosy. And the doctor says that there are two kinds. And I hate to tell you that I didn't write down the names of the two kinds because I was typing so quickly. Yeah, one was like A something, one was hyper something. Right. Um, And what you really need to know is that there are two kinds of leprosy. One that causes you to have no sensation in certain parts of the body. You could smoke a cigarette, it would burn down to the nub, it would burn you and you'd never feel it. And the other causes great pain when you touch anything. um, When you do anything, it causes you great pain. And he's like, I don't know why this is going to help you. And Santo's like, so you would lack agility if you're a leper, right? And he's like, well, yeah, because you either can't feel anything and you're, you're slowed way down yeah. or you're in a lot of pain so you don't go very quickly. But And Santo's like, this is of great use to me. It never comes back up again. Yeah. He's just like, thank you. This helps more than you'll ever know. And I, then it, I think what it is is that he was able to, like, when he looks at them, he sees that they're moving, you know, they're pretty agile and they're not impeded. Yeah, I'm, I'm assuming that maybe that's what it is, is that he can figure out, like, which leprosy they have by, like, oh, so you're telling me they wouldn't have agility if they had this second one because they'd be in so much pain? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> well, my initial thought was, like, oh, this guy's moving all right. He doesn't have leprosy. No, my thought and, was or, maybe, I don't know. Or that they were moving so he'd be able to, they're moving so Oh, that's so a good point. That's a good point. It's, like... These guys are moving too fast. Yeah. There's no way they have left. I didn't even think of that. Good thought. That was my thought. But yeah, it never comes back up. It never really comes back up. But it must be that he sees how quick they're moving. And he's like, they can't be lepers. Because if they were lepers, they would be moving slowly. Because they... And, and plus, it's probably really tiring. Yeah. They, either, they wouldn't have the agility to do this. And even way earlier in the movie, they say that these are sick men. They can't go very far. Yeah. Like, it, this is, like, the second time it's brought up. So this is probably why Santo wanted to know that, because he realizes, like, these guys are uh, kind of agile, yeah. and they've been burning down a lot of places. So he goes back to the town, Santo does, and he's like, yo, calm your ass down. And they're like, no. And he's like, okay, fine. <laughs> guess what? Once again, they're in the street. Arguing and rabbling and saying you should kill everyone. By the way, every time this happens, they're in front of the same building in the town. Every single time. And Santo's like, I need the people to trust me if I want my plan to work. And Carmino's in there. And Carmino. Rounding shit up. Rounding shit up. And so Dario, they're like, we should replace Dario with Sheriff. He's terrible. They're going to burn our houses down. Like, you know, panic. And Santo is like, we have to calm the people down. My plan won't work. So they ride up to Carmino, and Dario's like, meet Santo. And Carmino's like, ha-ha, fuck Santo. And he makes fun of his mask. Yep. And he, the thing is, this is clearly what Santo wanted. He makes fun of Santo. He's like, you're not a real man. He calls him the white pigeon. Yeah, he calls him a white pigeon. You're not a real man. I live out here. You don't. You're not that tough. Um, and then he threatens to unmask him. Big no-no for luchadors. So in lucha culture... Uh, as I said before, your mask is your identity, your mask is everything, it makes you a wrestler. Um, if you are unmasked, sometimes there are um, match types where the loser has their mask taken off mm-hmm. of them. It is like the biggest disgrace that can happen to you as a luchador, is to have your mask yeah. taken. Sometimes they'll fight to get their mask back. Uh, sometimes it's how they retire. 
Yeah, it was. It, it's a big, big, big deal. There was a lot of times back, especially around like when this movie would have been set, you know, early nineteen mm-hmm. hundred and stuff. Mm-hmm. That if you lost your mask as a luchador, that was it. You could not wrestle. You again. you were not allowed to wrestle again. I mean, nowadays, you know, luchadors will still wear their masks a lot of the time. But well, I mean, Rey Mysterio got unmasked yeah. at one point in a. Uh, storyline back in uh, WC, WCW, I think. Yeah, he got unmasked, and he's masked now. Yeah, but that was like the biggest disgrace you could have was for your mask to be taken from you. Yeah. So this would have been, especially like the nineteen seventies. Yeah. Um, it would have been understood as like, oh no, that's the yeah. worst thing that could happen to Santo. He would no longer be San- El yeah. Santo. Like, there are guys today who have been unmasked, like Andrade and Santos Escobar, and they, they're they still doing fine. Yeah. Or um, El Generico, Sami Zayn. Uh, he stopped being El Generico and went to being Sami Zayn. He stopped yeah. being a luchador, um, which does happen. Um, Prince Puma, Ricochet, he stopped being Prince Puma. I yeah. don't know about Tiger Mask. Um, he's a Japanese wrestler. Yeah. Uh, Jushin Thunder Liger was shown without his mask before. Um, and he would become a completely different person. Yes, he would change his personality. So you, yeah. you can be unmasked, but to have it, like, stripped from you. Yeah. For you to take it off and, like, show yourself is one thing, um, but it's a completely another for a wrestler to, like, rip it off your head and, yeah. like, expose you. Or to lose it in a or match. Or to lose it in a match. Something. Something like that would be completely different. So, like... This is, but again, this is what Santo wanted because he wants to beat Carmino in a fight to get the town on his side because mm-hmm. this guy, tough, like Santo, tough guy. So they have another very long fight <laughs> scene that's way too long. <laughs> um, they brawl in the center of town and everyone in town is there. We keep cutting to these people and frankly, a lot of them look kind of bored. They did look really bored. It's a long fight. This was a very long fight of just p- people. And it's not like the first fight where we had some wrestling moves that was like kind of interesting. Like, ooh, look, a, a head scissors. Oh, look, yeah. a Hurricane Rana. Oh, look. Um, actually, yeah. I don't think he ever hits a Hurricane Rana, but still. Um, <laughs> uh, this is just punch, kick, punch, kick, throw, 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 yeah. choke, choke, choke. Like, not a fun fight to watch yeah. that goes on and on. I don't know how long and it on. actually went on, but it felt it forever. It felt like forever. And this movie's only like 90 minutes, by the way. This yeah. is not a very, like a super long movie. Uh, I, but, think Jordan, I think it was like an hour 17 minutes. It's yeah, not long. It's not very long. If you go online, it clocks it at 90 minutes for some reason. But when we looked like on the DVD, that was an hour and 17 minutes. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. We missed more of the fight scenes. Maybe. So... Uh, they go on a way too long of a brawl. Santo wins, because, of course, oh, He did hit an actual wrestling move here. He hit him with a back body drop. Oh, he did hit him with a back body drop, which, again... Go ahead. Go that's ahead when he hit... Santos gets the edge of the crowd, gets the edge of the match, gets control. Then he wins the match. Yeah. Or you not ma- the match, uh, the fight. Explain what a back body drop is. Basically, a guy comes running at you, you bend down, you lift them up with your back, and they go flying over. Over, you. yeah. It's, it's a very transitional move. A lot of the time, you'll see it used to, like... Just get like either a counter or yeah. um, like I said, transitional. So meaning like you're running into your next what's called spot, but you yeah. need a way to get there, but you can't 
get there by just like, okay, and now I'm going to go over here. So you have to make it interesting. Yeah. Uh, it, it's a, you know, it's not crazy, but yeah. a it's lo- a cool move. <laughs> a lot of like the moves, especially in the wrestling match earlier, a lot of the stuff he did that mm-hmm. was like actual wrestling moves, pretty tame by today's standards. Yeah. But, you know, you got to keep building up to keep things interesting. Right. By, by today's standards, it was a very boring slow fight yeah. with way too many head scissors for some reason. Um, but by then, it probably would have been very exciting. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Maybe it wouldn't have been. I've watched some 1970s stuff, especially out of Japan and Mexico, that is top tier, even considered by today's standards. Uh, American wrestling at the time was so boring. Uh, yeah. American wrestling was like, I'm a big guy. I'm a big guy. Blum, 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 blum. Unless you're watching <laughs> Savage Steamboat or Flair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And you will be bored out of your gourd. <laughs> it was more about the s- storytelling and the characters. It and really stuff was. Then. It you was. Had, like fucking Repo Man and shit. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that yeah. That was more 90s, I guess. That was the 90s, but still. It was very much Big Man slapping meat at the time. Yeah. It was very boring. Um, but it did a lot for wrestling now. And back then it was very exciting. But in <laughs> Mexico and Japan, oh no, they were hitting big shit then. Um, <laughs> not sure about England, but still. So, uh,. Yeah, it, it was tame by today's standards, but still very exciting. Like, he yeah. was still hitting some stuff. Anyway. All right, so they have their fight. Mm-hmm. Santos wins. I keep calling him Santos. Santo. Santo. I keep thinking Santos Escobar. <laughs> Santo, mm-hmm. he wins. He starts talking with Dario. Mm-hmm. They, like, sums up with these guys. Let's set a trap. Yeah. He he realizes, probably through fighting Carmino, that, like, oh, no, yeah. like, these couldn't be the lepers. So he's like, we're going to trap whoever is robbing these people, and they can lead us to the lepers, basically. Yeah. Or at least we can trap. He he wants to prove it's not the lepers. They don't know where the lepers are at this point. They don't even know that they're using the lepers yet. But their whole idea is, if we can at least stop the people that are robbing people and prove that it's not the lepers, then maybe people won't want to kill the lepers, the people yeah. of leprosy. So they go they go to us this homestead that is literally it's full of money. It's full of art. It's they put shepherds in the field, like to make like calling out to the animals. Like they make. Hey Bob, to hear about this, the, the Jim's house it's full of money and art. <laughs> yeah, literally, they're like shitload of wine in here. Like yeah. they make this house like no one's guard, no one's home. Like. <laughs> um, like right for the picket, like obviously, like yeah. this is where you're gonna go, and um, they're gonna trap whoever is plundering the house and causing all the trouble. So, uh, Carmino and his men they walk up, but the door they made a mistake. The door's half open. Uh, there's no lights on. There's nobody inside. If you were gonna set this trap up, you would have at least had like one dude. Yeah inside with like a light on somewhere and they say the light there's no lights on but man it's bright in there. <laughs> it's very bright in there but it's not in the room it's not that dario and santo are yeah. in it's very dark in there but yeah outside it's very dark inside it's very bright and then in the other room it's very dark again it makes no sense well, there were points when they were outside that i thought it was like a cut to the next day because it was so bright. But well, then other were, points, it was not. It was weird. It kept switching between daytime and nighttime, but it was yeah. supposed to clearly just be nighttime. Um, I just started ignoring it after a while because it happened a ton. Yeah. Uh, but they walk in and they're like, "You go first, um, guy. We don't care about." So, guy, we don't care about the canary goes, in the mine shaft. Yes, that type of deal. Like the guy that's like he's the weakest link. Send him in first, type yeah. of deal. 
uh, he trips a trap. They go, he, he goes through something because they know this place is trapped. They're yeah. like, this doesn't feel right. They're pretty good bandits. They can tell when they're going to be had. Yeah. And he trips the trap. And an iron door, a, an iron slated door like you would see in a castle. Or a jail cell. Yeah, like falls. These wrought iron bars. Yeah, like they fall. Like this is the most normal thing in the world, by the way. Uh, to them. Yeah. And he gets trapped. The guy they sent in first gets trapped behind the door. And Carmina's like looking at his other boy because there were three boys in here. Yeah. He looks at his other guy. They look at him and he's like, don't leave me in here. And they're like, these are fucking iron, my dude. Like there's nothing I can do. So they shoot him. It's like it'd they, be real inconvenient to keep you alive. So they shoot. So Carmina shoots him five times. Yeah, he shoots him five times because he could tell whoever trapped them like where the lepers are and where they are and who they yeah. are. Um, so the writers of terror, they head on, they run off. They run off, and Santo goes into the room, and he opens the door, and the guy's still alive. After being shot five, five times. Five times in the chest. Like, this dude should not be talking. Even if he was alive, he could not get out as many words that he does. Because this dude tells him, like, um, that they aren't the lepers, they're all hiding in Devil's Cave, and he's like, my boss betrayed me. And he's like, well, who's your boss? And he goes, my boss is. And then he just dies. <laughs> like, he, it's it's comical because it's just like, my uh, boss is lit. <laughs> like we just watched the Lego movie the other day. And it's like, admit, <laughs> I must tell you, this is very important. <laughs> yeah, it's just like that. Like, he like said, it's comical. He's like, my boss is <laughs> And it's like, oh, come on. He couldn't get out, like, another word. And Santos yeah. just like, all right, because at least now they know that the lepers are in Devil's Cave and that it's not the lepers that are stealing everything. I mean, so Carmina was right to shoot him because he, he was going to talk. He should have shot. He shot him in the chest. He should have shot him like in the throat, in the, the face, head. like or more. This guy took five fucking bullets. This bro was goddamn Iron Man. <laughs> like <laughs> he, like he lived. Shrugged it off. Yeah. He, well, he did die, but. Yeah. He lived way longer than he should have. Also, for being shot five times, not a lot of blood. Yeah. I mean, there was some, like, splattered on him, but, like, he wasn't bleeding out onto the floor. The red paint was yeah. just on his chest. So, Santo is like, oh, man. They're clearly using the lepers for their own game. Yeah. I, I have a quote here from him. I yeah. suspect someone is using those miserable people to cover their misdeeds. Yeah, which is exactly what's going right on. Right on the money. But it seems like in a lot of these movies, like, Santo always is just like, this is what's happening, and that's yeah. what's happening. Because I was kind of looking into it a little bit because I couldn't find any facts about this movie. Like, everything was either in Spanish or just not there. Yeah. And I didn't have a whole lot of time to, like, look everything up. I did find a couple of weird facts for later, but nothing crazy. So then, they're right. Carmino and his boys are riding off. Uh, this is... Like, Jose, which we still don't know actually know his name yet, is with them. And he goes, he was like, I'm going to go this way. And Carmina was like, uh, where are you going? He's like, to see my girlfriend that I haven't seen in eight years. Yeah. He says, you're not thinking of betraying us, are you? He's like, no. Nah, Carmina just... is really projecting there, isn't he? Yeah, he is. Because <laughs> he just betrayed someone. Yeah, he's betrayed quite a few people. Yep. And uh, Jose's like, no, nah, I want to go see my girlfriend for the first time in eight years. And Carmina just lets him go. Yeah. He Like, he could have easily... Like, ridden into the town, or went and found Santo, or yeah. whatever. And he's just, but, you know, he doesn't. He rides off to go 
see his girl. And the gang are riding into the forest that we have seen a million times. The same portion of the forest, by the way. It's always the same shot. Anytime they go to a location, there's no variation. It is always the same shot of that location every single time. They are changing location. Now they're going to uh, the cave of the old widow. Yeah, they want to go to the cave of the old widow. Um, I, th- I think that's where they're going to like move yeah, everybody. Yeah, they don't want to stay in Yeah, they don't want to stay in the Devil's Cave for too long. So I think they're going to like they still have to go back to Devil's Cave to go get everybody. Yeah. But they're they say that they're going to go to this cave of the old widow um, so that way they can like move everything, which makes sense. So, yeah, go ahead. So we see that Santo is following the riders. Yeah, they're like, oh, no, we're being followed. And then they, like, turn to ride off in a different direction. Santo's a little bit of a distance away. Yeah. So it's really funny to me. Like, you see them turn and, like, start to ride in a different way. And then, like, a minute or two later, you see Santo get there. And he immediately knows where they went. Yep. And he's just like, nah, this way. Like, he's never, ever, like, he's never wrong. deterred. He's never incorrect about anything. So, so he, he tracks them down. He tracks them down. Some of them are hiding. They get down on the side of a hill. They yeah. hide over the lip of the hill. Yeah, it's a ridge that we've seen a million times yeah. already. And they ambush Santo. They shoot at him. Santo is like, oh, no, I have to be slightly defeated for once. And he runs off. Yeah, like, uh-oh. And then, like, the three riders that were shooting at him stand up, move a few feet to the right where their horses and the rest of the riders are still clearly visible. Santo would have seen those guys. Oh, Santo, absolutely. If he had looked up and to the right, just a hair... He would have seen them. He'd have been like, there they are. <laughs> but no, clearly he was paying way too much. Like, if you if you waved your... I'm looking to the left, but if you waved your hand, I would still see it, yeah. you know? Like, it's so stupid. It's like, if they wouldn't have panned over to the right, and would like, oh, yeah, they actually were pretty hidden over that lip. Oh, oh no. <laughs> their entire posse is 12 feet to the left. To they're the they're right. 12 feet to the right. And they're not hiding behind the lip. They're on it. They're yep. on the they're ridge. They're still on their horses. Like, they're not even trying. But the dudes that were shooting at Santo were, like, prone on their stomachs shooting at him with yeah. their little pistols. It's hysterical. <laughs> like, okay. So this is where Jose, he, he rides off to this house, and he whistles, and this woman comes out, and she's like, Jose? And that's where we learn his name. Yeah. Um. And he's like, have you forgotten me? And she's like, no, I'll never forget you. Like, still I'm in cares love with about you. him. Yeah, she still loves him. Eight years later, she still loves him. And he's like, don't come any closer because he's sick. He knows how yeah. that he can't get close to her. And um, she's like, I'll never forget you. And we fade. We get the a soft focus into a soft fade. What would you, is that what you would call that? Like, yeah, it just it just goes like softer and softer and softer, and then bink, we're up in another memory. Yep, it's a flashback. Like it's a flashback. Which okay, fine. Um, and she's trying to chop some wood, but man, is she gonna either chop off her leg <laughs> or kill someone? Because she's like, eh, eh. it's so weak. And she doesn't have the wood braced against anything. It's not on another log. It's just, like, on the ground. And she's, like, stepping on it, yeah. like, kind of a little. It's moving everywhere. Like, this lady can clearly not chop wood. Yeah. And Jose's like, what are you doing? Like and he rides up on his horse. He, this is before he had leprosy. Yeah, this is before he had leprosy. This was, like, eight years ago, maybe nine, who knows. And he has this beautiful pink shirt on. I wrote about it because it was bright pink. And... um She's like, oh, Jose. And he's like, are you alone? And she's like, yeah, my dad and I 
what I'm assuming is her brother, are like out in town. And he's like, oh, perfect. And he's like, I brought you a present. And he pulls out this little like piece of paper and he hands it to her. And she un- and she's like opening it. And he's off screen now. Yeah. Okay. Like it pans to her. She opens it. She's like an engagement ring. And it whips back to him. And he's taking his shirt off. Completely shirtless. He has taken off his hat and his shirt and his bandana. <laughs> and he has his shirt over his shoulder. And he's inexplicably shirtless. Either... <laughs> I don't know. Because they're going to bone. They, I to say, they must be in a bone zone because he asked if she was alone. And yep. she's like, we're going to get married. They're both so happy and they're going to get married. All this happy, <laughs> shirtless, fun stuff. Yeah. And then we cut back to the present. They talk about how much they love each other a little again. And he's like, no, I can't be with you. Like, I'm sick. And she's like, but what if we run away together? There's, there's still hope. We could run away together. And he's like, nah, bitch, I'm sick. <laughs> like, we'll run away. The leprosy can't catch us. Yeah, like, come on, Lupe. That's her name, by the way. We hear it, like, one time. At after the, the flashback. Yeah, after the flashback, like, when he's about to, like, ride off into the desert, he's like, this is the last time you'll ever see me, Lupe. I love you. And that's how we know her name. Yeah. Then he says goodbye forever and leaves. <laughs> and then he goes, bye forever. See you later. Deuces. And she's like, no. Because, of course, she would be because she loves him and she's sad. Yeah. Um, so then we cut back to Devil's Cave. Yep, and the lepers are drinking, and they're very yep. sad. There's one who's very drunk, very sad. He's singing a sad song to himself, breaks down in tears. Did you notice that when he looks down at the end of this scene, his prosthetic pulls away from the skin? <laughs> no, I missed that. Yeah, like I thought maybe it was a makeup, but no, it's clearly like a rubber prosthetic that they put across him that look honestly really good for the yeah. time. Like they look really good. I mean, they're low budget. They're clearly low budget, but they look really good for what budget they clearly had. Like, yeah. they don't look terrible, except for this one that he looks down and it completely pulls away from his skin, and it made me laugh, and I had to write it in. Yeah. Um, so, Carmino shows up. He demands the lepers out of the cave. The one that's been drinking and singing again, his disease is pulling away from his skin, won't leave, so he shoots him. Yep. Because, again... They don't know if they're being followed. They don't know what's going on. They can't leave anyone alive. So they shoot him. And then they take all the leather lepers out of the cave. And then Dario must have immediately searched that cave afterward. Yeah. Because he's like, we searched it. All we found was a dead leper. And Santo's like, okay, we have to set a trap so that Caramino and his gang will rob where we want them to rob. We let them get away and they lead us to the lepers. That's his whole whole plan. So what do they do? They go to the bank, and they put up a sign. And they're like, hey, miners, we have the money to pay you on time. <laughs> yep. Literally, we have the money to pay you right now. We're going to pay you, like, tomorrow instead of Saturday. Basically, they're getting paid early. Yeah. And I think they mentioned something about, like, a bonus. Like, like holy cow, there's a lot of money in the bank right now, y'all. Oh, yeah. um, and... Caramino's like, this is a trap. I know it's a trap. We're going to do it anyway. We're going to send a counter trap. So at that night, the riders decide to make a distraction by setting fire to a house down at the other end of the street. Now, when they pick this house, the bank is in clear fucking view of this house. Yep. Uh, but it would have been a really easy house to burn. It was mostly wood. And man, was it an easy house to burn. It was like 
okay, we're going to start a fire. And then it was gone. Like this woman comes screaming out of her house, screaming about a fire. And the house is up in flames. Like there's no save in this house. Yeah. I mean, they obviously try to, they fire brigade it. Like they would have at the time. A guy comes up with a bucket of water. He completely whiffs. <laughs> he didn't hit it at all. But then um, more people have more buckets and they actually start putting it out. Yeah. So the gang used the commotion that they make to break into the bank. But a woman happens to turn around and she sees them breaking into the bank because, again, this house is in full yeah. fucking view. It's like three houses away from the yeah. bank. This woman comes out of the saloon, which is right across the street from the bank. Yeah, it's so funny. It's like, they're robbing the bank. <laughs> so and a gunfight happens. So there's a gunfight that happens. I think uh, Dario gets shot in the arm or the shoulder or something. I thought he did too, but no, Dario doesn't get shot. See, he like holds his arm for a little bit like he had been. Like, you know. Well, from what I saw, I'll, he gets hit by a horse. Oh, is that what it was? <laughs> it, it was hard to tell, but it looked like he got hit by a, a horse Because he, he, like, holds his arm like he's been shot at some point. Like, he like like he's injured. Like, you know how they'll be yeah. like, ah, and they'll, like, hold their arm? That's how he's holding it. So I thought he got shot in the arm. So Carmen just keeps standing next to this horse-drawn carriage and going, oh, no, and she's holding her hands to her face because woman and in the 1970s and, like, no, Dario. And, and like, then, and this is all she does. She doesn't move. She doesn't run away. And then guess what? She gets kidnapped she by gets the She gets kidnapped by the riders. They run up. They just pick her up, put her on the horse. Uh, I think this is when the horse-drawn carriage must hit Dario because she's standing next to a horse-drawn carriage that yeah. just like it was right bolts before off. this. Yeah. Um, so then we have a cut to the next day, and Dario is fine. I thought he died. <laughs> I wasn't sure what was wrong. Oh, but they ride like Caramino and his guys ride south. Santo follows them. Yep. Like he is on the trail. Uh, we. Watch them ride through all kinds of places. So, like, we're riding through the forest. And then they'll cut to, like, we're riding through the ridge. And then they'll cut back to Santo riding through the forest in, like, the exact spot they just were. Again, Santo riding through the forest. Again, it's super funny. It's a terribly dumb montage again, but not as bad as the first one. This movie is really bad with montages. Mm -hmm. So, the town, it cuts back to Dario in the the town. And they're pulling out guns from like the sheriff's office which is a thing that would have happened like if you were going to be attacked you would start handing out the guns to the townspeople like did you notice what was up with this footage here no it was slightly sped up oh it was wasn't it yeah sped up but maybe like 15 20 percent you're right it was when they were everyone was moving just a little too quickly a little too jerkily i guess i didn't i guess i noticed but it didn't register that that was what it was because i did think it was a little fast uh but they're like we're going to burn down the sanatorium. And Dario's like, look, it's not the lepers. I don't know who it is. I, like, went to find them, couldn't. But Santo is right behind them. He rode off with them. If they're not by si- back by 6 p.m. tomorrow, you can do what you want. It then later becomes 10 p.m. because the captions don't know what they're doing. I don't know. <laughs> Just like the 1,000 pesos to 10,000 pesos thing. It happens a couple of times. I'm assuming it's just a mistranslation. I don't know. But it says 6 p.m., then it becomes 10 p.m. Yeah. <laughs> Super weird. Anyway, so Caramino and his gang go to the waterfall. Santo's just behind him. Like, he's sneaking up behind him. There's, like, a there's some buildings 
yeah. then a cave for some reason. Oh, this is uh, this is the uh, old widow's cave. Yeah, but like, what are the why are the buildings? I don't know. They're like old, dilapidated buildings. I'm no assuming living there. Yeah, it's weird. There's like these weird buildings next to a cave that's full of hay for some reason. Where the old widow lived. I don't know, but why is the cave full of hay? It is full. I mean, full of hay. They bought all this hay and they didn't burn it in the last scene. They had to do something with it. <laughs> anyway, um, so they they stash everything into this cave, and this is where we get a line that I had to put down because Carmino says something, and I thought one thing, and it ended up being another. So they tie the lepers up, and they tie up Carmen, and they say they have to let the animals rest for the day. I thought that meant the horses, okay? Mm-hmm. They then ride off on the horses. They meant the lepers. Uh. Mm-hmm. Yep. They called the lepers animals. I missed that. I was focusing on the part where um, they're talking about uh, Carmen was their shield. Yes, yeah. He. They took Carmen because they know she's with Dario. Like, they yeah. can use her basically as leverage. Not that it ends up mattering. So they ride off on the horses. They leave one guard behind. We find out later that this one guard's name is Pedro. Oh, was his name Pedro? I missed yeah. it. So Pedro, my boy Pedro, is standing there with his gun. It's my friend Pedro. <laughs> sure. I love that game. Um, Devolver Digital Forever. Anyway, Santo <laughs> climbs this wall and jumps down on him like a cool guy. Yeah. And this is where I noticed that his collar had been popped the entire movie. I, I don't know why. Um, and this fight, again, takes forever because nothing happens. They punch each other. They fall into some dirt and get dirty. They fall into a bunch of trees for some reason. Yep. They fall into that same shrub like four times. <laughs> a lot of falling over in this one. Yeah. Um, it's very boring. And Santo uh, goes for a lot of crossbodies in here, which actually I found out was one of his signature moves. Yes, the crossbody was his signature a, uh I guess uh, springboard plancha. This is just a running one, which does not look nearly as cool if you're not doing a springboard move. <laughs> you might want just, to explain what that means. So basically, he had this move where he would leap out of the ring, like use the ropes to pull himself over the ring, land on his opponent outside of the it's ring. It's a very cool move, even by today's standards, but back then yeah. nobody else would have been doing this. So basically, yeah, you would grab the rope and use your body weight and momentum to throw yourself over it. Yeah. And you would you could get some distance if you knew what you were doing. Like, he's basically doing this, but just standing next to the guy. So he's kind of leapt up, stuck his arms and legs out, and he's like, yeah, catch me. It is so funny. Like, you laughed out loud. And I almost didn't catch it, because I looked down and looked back up, and it was... And he did it, like, three or four times. He did it three or four times, but there was one time that he leapt over, like, a rock, and it looked like he just, like... Tripped and went into a Superman pose is the best way I can describe it. Oh, boy. It's amazing. So they do this for a long time. He finally knocks out Pedro. He finally knocks Pedro out. He drags him into, like, the nearby building uh, to, like, hide his body, I guess. And he takes his gun, and he goes in, and he, he finds... He takes one of his guns. He t- oh, yeah, he takes one he of takes his He takes, like, guns. his rifle. He takes his rifle. That's Doesn't right. Doesn't take the other pistol. Forgot about the pistol. Um, and Santo finds Carmen and the lepers. He unties... Carmen, and he's like, okay, if you, and she's like, Santo, <laughs> <laughs> and you probably did, that was probably very quiet, and uh, he's like, okay, Carmen, if you take the road behind the building, the cave, I the think? cave there's a building, there's that a shortcut, will, there's a shortcut that'll get you back to town, just like, follow it, you'll be fine, 
<laughs> like that's you'll be fine. Just run. Oh, by the way, when she's running, she does like the old stereotypical uh, running with your arms up, yep. <laughs> like above your head, like you're in peril. It's amazing. She runs like that the entire time. Um, anyway, Apparently she runs this time. Doesn't stand there. Just get kidnapped. <laughs> she doesn't stand there and scream. She really did just stand there and be like, ah. Um, so then, Dar. Okay, so t- she <laughs> takes the road. She's running, and Santo unties one of the lepers very carefully with like one hand. Like he's trying mm-hmm. not to touch him, and he's like, "Okay, untie the others," which was honestly I thought kind of a cool detail. Yeah, it was a smart move. It was a smart move. It, it this movie knew what it was up. And he goes, the hospital's coming to get you. Oh, by the way, they found a new drug that's going to cure you. Yeah, never mentioned that before. (laughs) It came out of nowhere. (laughs) I looked it up. The only reason I can say that this has to maybe take place in the early 1900s, maybe, 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 is that the cure for leprosy was found in 1915. I looked this up. An African-American woman by the name of Anne, I forgot her last name, I'm so sorry, uh, Found the cure for leprosy in 1915. So that's the late, like, that's the earliest this movie could have been set. Mm-hmm. But there's, like, no way. I mean, I guess. I don't know what Mexico was like then. Yeah. There could have still been, like, banditos then. But I have no idea. Because the Wild West in America ended in, I believe, 1895. Is when they say, like, the Old West as we know it ended. Yeah. So I don't know if in Mexico it would have been longer. I'm not sure. Because this is clearly the Old West. But he's like, yeah, they found a new drug. You're going to all be cured. Yep. <laughs> and it just comes out of nowhere. Again, this goes with the, whenever Santo does something good, it goes six steps above what it needs he to. He can't just be good. He has to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, so Dario is riding around in the woods uh, he's lost. He doesn't know where I they are. I have in my are. notes, Dario sucks at tracking down bad guys. He does. He can never track down bad guys. Santo, on the other hand, a bloodhound. Yep. <laughs> um, but Caramino and his gang come back to the cave, and Santo's like, put your hands up. Uh, and he shoots Caramino's ear. This is the other point where uh, <laughs> I think it might be in a different aspect ratio originally. Mm-hmm. Because, like, he hides when um, the riders come back in, and they're like, why are you untied? And then mm-hmm. what's supposed to happen is Santo steps into frame with a gun. Oh, but he, he doesn't. He does not you at all. You hear him say, like, freeze, dirtbags, or something. Something insane. like that. Yeah. And <laughs> just his shadow and, like, a little bit of his elbow comes into frame. <laughs> like, maybe a bit of the gun. It's like he tried to make the dramatic step, and they completely missed it. It's like Edge at the Royal Rumble a couple of years ago when he oh, and they re- missed his and they first missed move. his they missed I think the spear that he did or something. Yeah, the first time he made a move in a match in nine years, and they missed it. They cut and away. then the next Royal Rumble, they did it again. Yeah. That's a deep cut for all you yeah, wrestling when, fans when out Christian there. Christian came back. Oh boy! Oh boy! It was so funny. But just like in widescreen, yeah, you would have clearly been able to see Santo coming back in. That's why I think originally it was in widescreen. It may have been. Because this DVD is from 2003. It's oh. just the full screen version of it. So they cut it down. That's a good point. Didn't think about that. That's they, they probably blew it up some. Oh, I didn't think of that. But yeah, it's really funny because clearly he's supposed to be threatening. It's just yeah. like, where is he? <laughs> So yeah, Santo, he gets the riders to put all their guns down, but Pedro comes to outside 
picks up the pistol. Mm-hmm. And, and then, he's like, Santo has his back to the cave, like the cave entrance, because he's told all the guys, like, go to the back of the cave. So he's got yeah. his back to the entrance. And Pedro's like, I got a gun. <laughs> so he puts the gun to Santos' back, grabs the other gun from Santos. Now the riders are back. Santos. <laughs> Santo. There you go. <laughs> I keep thinking Santos Escobar. It's, it's really, it's pronounced Santo, but whatever. <laughs> Either way, it doesn't matter. Um, so they start fighting. They get, in, they get into a, a fight. And Carmen, doing her arms above her head run through the desert, sees Dario on his horse. And she's like, oh, my God, Dario. And she fucking tripped. <laughs> I missed that. She tripped when she, like, reached the horse and, like, fell into the horse. <laughs> I don't know if it was intentional oh, or if she was, like, throwing herself at him. But she definitely tripped and <laughs> fell. And that's the shot they used. It's so funny. So she gets on the horse with Dario, and they and she tells him where they are. They run to the old widow's cave. Yeah. So you know um, where he is, where Santo is like fist fighting bros. Like yeah. they they fight. Like one one was one of the riders was shot, mm-hmm. and he's fighting off all these guys at once. Uh, but Caramino gets grabbed from behind by one of the lepers. I think it was Jose. I think it was mm, was it Jose? I don't know. I don't remember if he had a weird. Yeah, he, he did. did. Yeah, he was, I don't remember if he had a, a mess like a weird hand. Yeah, he was rubbing his diseased hand all over uh, um, Caramino, and he's face. and he's screaming that now he's like been infected, and then Dario shows up just in time. Yep. And Jose shoots Caramino in the back as he's like trying to run away. Uh, they save the day. And this is where then Dario's like, we have to be back by 10 o'clock. I'll explain on the way. I told your mom I'd have you back by 10. But he said 6 o'clock like three scenes ago. I know. And I'm like, what the fuck? This is just like the damn thing with the 1,000 versus the 10,000 pesos thing. So we cut back to the to the town, and the entire town has torches. Oh, they are, like, angry mobbing toward the sanitarium. It's like that scene from the Simpsons movie. Mm-hmm. And you see Santo, like, it cuts back to him riding his horse as fast as he can because, of course, it has to be Santo that stops them. Yep. And he rides out in front of him, and he's like, stop. And they're like, no. And then he just explains everything, and then they're like, yay. He's just like, <laughs> Carmino and his men were the thieves. Hard cut to them in the street. People are clapping, They're throwing, throwing flowers. flowers. Like, literally, this is, like, the only hard cut in this film, I swear. This went from everyone with torches to everyone with flowers. It was bizarre. bizarre. Like, they just stopped. He's just like, no, it was Carmino. It wasn't the lepers. And they're just like, okay. yay. <laughs> like, no, nothing. Uh, so they're throwing flowers at him. Santo's like, I have to be on my way um, b- back to... Wherever he comes from, he's got to go see the orphans, I guess. And a woman stops him in the town, and it's Lupe. And she says, is there really a cure for leprosy? And he says, yes, the sulfines will cure them. Like, he has a weird, just like one sentence explanation and then he just walks off screen. He walks off screen and we focus and on we Lupe. And we focus on her face looking like hopeful. Hopeful, but so confused and kind of bored. <laughs> and, and then 
I kid you not, it goes to a black and white, like, it doesn't even say the end, does it? No, it just cuts to credits. It just cuts to some credits and then, boom, done. Like yeah, It cuts to one screen of credits and then we go back to the DVD menu. Yep. It just ends. Like, the music even just cuts and then yep. it just ends. And I'm like, is that a mistake on the DVD or is that actually how it ended? Um, so yeah, that was Santo versus the Riders of Terror. I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was I, all right. I liked it. Um, so I wasn't able to find many fun facts, but I did find one, and that apparently there is another cut of this movie that exists, and it's called the nude cut, <laughs> because there were a bunch of nude scenes that were put into the film. There is apparently another film, uh where Santo fights vampires that also has a nude cut. You see some vampire wang? Mm, no, it's it, no, it's tits. It's, I think it's lady vampires. That's uh, still pretty good. And there's apparently a bunch of nude scenes, and they called it, uh, translated to English, called The Lepers and the Sex. Like, oh. that's how it would have translated literally. Yeah. And apparently there's one called The Vampires and the Sex, but only one copy of each exists in a vault owned by, like... Are found by like the director's niece, huh. and they refuse to release them. And the only thing that they can think of that as to why they exist is they were supposed to be for the export market because ex- like sexy exploitation yeah. films were in then. But I'm not sure how true this is. It, I was only able to find it in like one place. Uh, I I have no idea to be honest with you. I, I really was not able to find much of anything yeah. on this film. Um, I, I couldn't find any kind of like, what was it made for? How much did it make? There's very, for, for a guy that was so prolific, not a lot of information about his movies out there, like individually out there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it is one of 13 different films, all of which had a supernatural theme. Uh, in fact, here I found uh, El Vampiro El Sexo, that I was just mentioning. Um, and, it, yeah, it's his horror f- movie series, which started in 1958, by the way. Okay. Yeah. But he has films such as Santos versus the Vampire Woman, Santo in the Hotel of Death, uh, Santo versus the Zombies, Blue Demon, which was another name for Santo. Uh, no, that was a different guy. Is that a different? Oh, you're right. Yeah. That was his uh, rival, wasn't it? Yeah, Blue Demon was another very famous luchador. You're right. His, you're son, right. his son still wrestles, I think. Blue Demon Jr. I think so. You're right. I think Blue Demon was like his big rival. Yeah. Because, yeah, there's Blue Demon versus the Satanic Power in 1966, because he was also in in films. Uh, the Diabolical Axe. Like, he had... So many. Here's Santo and the Blue Demon versus the Monsters. Also, Man, I really did pick year. the least supernatural. Mm-hmm. Uh, Vengeance of the Vampire Women. Uh, that's a Santo film. Uh, Santo and the Vengeance of the Mummy. I'm just like Santo and the Blue Demon versus Dracula and the Wolfman. Like you really did pick <laughs> the boring, not weird one. Santo versus Frankenstein's daughter. Like I thought you were about to say Frankenstein's dog. No, <laughs> Frankenstein's dog. Um, Baron Broccola. Broccola? <laughs> I'm going to go with Broccola because that sounds like broccoli and it's funnier. Broccoli Lesnar. Um, 
grave robbers. Like, it... I'm kidding you not. Like, you picked the one Santa movie <laughs> that was normal. That's the one that had to have price books when I bought it. Yeah, I know. And you bought it more for the uh, the fact that it was a Santa movie than anything. Yeah, cause you I honestly didn't think I'd ever watch it. <laughs> I didn't think we ever would either, to be honest. I said I bought this two, three years ago. Yeah, we bought it a couple of years ago because it was in, like, the cult classic section when I used to yeah. work there um, before I got laid off. Anyway... I, like I said, I didn't hate this movie, but man, does it have a culture, like, does Santa have, like, a culture around it? Like, yeah. that whole, like, he is still masked, he is still a wrestler. In these films, he's known for being a wrestler. Yeah. But also fights mummies, fights bandits, like... It's just wild. We don't have... The only thing I can think of anything near that are the Elvis Presley movies. Yeah. Where Elvis Presley is a singer in Hawaii or wherever, but also does stunt jumps on a jet ski. I don't know. It, it would be like if in the Fast and Furious movies, mm-hmm. the, Dwayne Johnson's character, Hobbs, if he was just The Rock, but still did all his stuff in the movie. I mean... I mean, he is, but if, <laughs> if they were legit the same character. I get what you mean. I was being a jerk. I mean, he pretty much... Yeah, he just is the he, rock. He just is the just rock. Just called Hobbs. But, but he's if, called Hobbs. But if Hobbs was still the rock, like, or, the character of the movie was still, you know, a multi-time world champion and stuff. Right. Or, like, James Bond was in a children's movie, but as James Bond. Like, I don't know. There's no way to describe it because we don't have anything like that here. Yeah. That I can think of other than like the Elvis Presley movies where he's the singer Elvis Presley, but also whatever else he's doing in those movies. That's yeah. the, the only thing I can think of even somewhat comparable. Um, and these movies, even not just Santo, just the genre of luchas in film... There's a question mark there because I don't know what to call it. Yeah. Um, was is huge. Was huge. I, I don't know that it still is, but it was a cultural phenomenon. I mean, some of these movies came out in the fifties, and I kid you not, this came out in seventy. Like there was one yeah. I found that came out in nineteen fifty eight as El Santo versus the Infernal Man, which is the first of this thirteen part series. So his last film appearance was. Fury of the Karate Experts in 1982. Okay. And his earliest movie, 1952. Okay. Uh, or at least the early, there's a little bit of guesswork there. Yeah. But it was in the 50s. So we're talking multiple decades of these movies being prolific and very popular. Speaking of longevity, I'm looking here on ProWrestling.Fandom.com yeah. at El Santo's page. Mm-hmm. He debut, made his pro wrestling debut in 1934 or 35, not quite sure. Yeah, well, back then, it'd be really yeah. hard to debut. Or I mean to re- record, but yeah. go on. But the whole time he was still doing movies and stuff, he was still, he was still wrestling. wrestling. He retired from professional wrestling in 1982. He had nearly a 50-year in-ring career. And he started films in the 50s. Maybe even a little... He like, was wrestling for 15, 20 years he before wrestled his for movies. for a very long time. But back to this movie, I liked this movie. Um, I thought it was actually pretty good. I mean, it wasn't. <laughs> it was bad. 
There was a lot of bad things about it. I thought it was all right. You liked but it like, more than I did. The story, I liked the story of it, but it yeah. was made so poorly. Oh boy! But as I said, I love things that are really charming. I collect Power Rangers. Power Rangers is terrible. I love it. There's a charm about it. I have a bunch of very strange old tokusatsu movies from like the 80s that make no sense that I just have because I love them. And this to me is in that same vein of like very charming, very weird, but you can't help but kind of love it. It's endearing. It's very endearing, and I can see myself watching more El Santo movies now that I watched this one because I've never watched them before. Yeah. And I, I think I could watch more. I think I could. I really liked this one. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I'll watch some more with you sometime. Okay, good. But now we have to... I'm, I'm between two movies for our next episode. Mm-hmm. Because somebody for my birthday that I just had bought me the Space Amoeba DVD. Yeah. And I was very excited but at the same time, we just did a foreign film. And I don't know if I want to watch Space Amoeba or The Day the Earth Stood Still. And we've done two. I mean, we did a fantastic movie. We did a pretty good movie. And now we're going back to either a pretty good movie or another fantastic movie. Um, because I didn't pick a bad one. <laughs> or hmm. it's okay i'll pick a bad one next time oh no wait maybe i could pick a bad one what do you think should we watch a really bad one a really good one or an okay one that i love and think is really good let's go with a bad one we're gonna watch let me see what year it's from uh i'm sure we can i know we can find it because i've seen it listed before i've always wanted to watch this movie because when i was a kid i used to watch animal planet all the time and for whatever reason, oh, it's from 1955. And for whatever reason, I always used to see clips of this movie in, like, the most extreme or, like, top 100 animal films. Mm-hmm. We're going to watch 1955's Tarantula. Oh, okay. <laughs> it does have a 6.5 out of 10, so it might actually be better than I think. I've never <laughs> seen it. Um, I know that we can, it's on Prime. I'm looking okay. at it right now. I was looking to make sure we could watch it before I picked it. Um, even if it hadn't been, you can rent this movie for like four bucks in quite a few places. But it is on Amazon Prime if anybody else wants to watch it. Uh, I'm very excited. It uh, has, ooh, has Mara Corday in it. All right, then. <laughs> so join us next time when we watch... Tarantula. Yeah, we're going back to our roots. We're going back to the 1950s horror. So that has been the show. If you want to follow and support us on Twitter, we are at it came from 20k on Instagram. We are it came from 20k pod. All these things are in the description below. You're making a face. Oh, sorry. I was <laughs> reading the gross revenue for this movie. <laughs> I was reading the Wikipedia oh, for Tarantula. tarantula. Okay, <laughs> sorry. Save that for next time. Yeah, sorry. I was just reading it. And I was like, what? This movie that much money? If you're watching on YouTube, hi, subscribe, maybe. And, you know, share this around. Podcasts live or die by word of mouth at this point, and we are a very small podcast. But thank you, everyone who's listened this far and who's been listening to our show so far. I really appreciate it. We really appreciate it. We do. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm looking at the Wikipedia. I'm so sorry. This podcast was not made to make money. It was made to give me an excuse to watch these movies (laughs) and have fun, to be honest. 
Um, we are moving very soon, so that yep. could mess up our podcast schedule. We may, in the next episode at the very beginning, say something about it because we could we could miss one. I don't know what's going to happen. We'll keep you updated. Follow us on Twitter. We'll keep you updated. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on that. It's just, we're not sure. We're buying a house. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys in two weeks unless something else happens. Again, follow us on Twitter. Keep an eye out. We'll let you know when things happen. We'll see you next time for a Tarantula. I'll know if you don't follow. <laughs> She'll know. All right. I've been Gus. I've been Caitlin. And this has been It Came From 20,000 Podcasts. Walter has joined us. Hi, Walter. Hey. It's very good this episode. Bye-bye. Bye.